0: Working at the studios of Community Radio WFHB in Bloomington, Indiana.
1: And financially supported by listeners like you. Hello and welcome to Eco Report. For WFHB, I'm Todd Wicks. And I'm Don Guerra.
4: Schooner Creek Farms sells their organic produce at a booth at the Bloomington Farmer's Market. However, area residents are circulating petitions to remove the Southern Brown County vendor from both the Nashville and Bloomington Farmer's Markets. The proprietors of Schooner Creek Farms have been linked to white supremacist organization Identity Europa by online activists and FBI testimony, That testimony came from an Identity Europa member who vandalized a synagogue with Nazi graffiti in Carmel last year. Identity Europa is considered a white supremacist and hate group by both the Southern Poverty Law Center and the Anti-Defamation League. In an interview with an FBI investigator, the Identity Europa member who vandalized the Carmel Synagogue last year stated that he was a dues-paying member of the organization and had allegedly been in communication with Schooner Creek Farms' proprietors through online forums. At least two petitions being circulated among activists demand the Bloomington and Nashville farmers' markets revoke their vendor agreements with Schooner Creek Farms. In Friday's Bloomington Community Farmers Market Newsletter, Bloomington Parks and Recreation Department Program Coordinator Marsha Veldman wrote, quote, Some of you have reached out to me regarding allegations of extremist political views of a particular market vendor. Thank you for sharing your concerns and working through our existing structure in place to handle conflict. It is incumbent on all of us to work together to ensure an environment where all can feel and be safe and welcome, regardless of race, religion, color, national origin, ancestry, sex, disability, sexual orientation, gender identity, veteran status, housing status, or disability status, unquote. Veldman pointed out that the farmer's market is run by the city of Bloomington, a government entity.
5: As a government entity, the city of Bloomington must abide by the constitutional protections of the First Amendment. And that prohibits governmental discrimination based on someone's beliefs. We are aware of the allegations. Even if they were deemed to be true, we constitutionally have to protect their right to their beliefs and their ability to speak freely.
4: Veldman says community members who are concerned by the alleged ties between Schooner Creek Farms proprietors and Identity Europa are invited to attend the Farmer's Market Advisory Council meeting on Monday, June 17th at 5.30 p.m. at Bloomington City Hall.
5: They advise market staff and the Board of Park Commissioners on um, matters related to the market as far as suspending a vendor that would not be within their purview. But I can say that their input over the many years that there has been an advisory council has been been highly valued by our department.
4: Veldman says the Bloomington Farmer's Market can't kick vendors out unless they've broken one of the farmer's market rules, which largely relate to the mischaracterization of produce, like selling non-organic produce as organic. Veldman says Schooner Creek Farms has not violated any of the farmers' market rules.
5: Violating the the rules of the market would be grounds for termination. We are committed to creating that environment where all can feel welcome and safe. And at the same time, and at times it may feel as if it's a bit of a competing situation, We also have to uphold people's
4: constitutional rights. A listing of the Bloomington Farmer's Market's rules is available on the city's website. That address is
1: bloomington.in.gov. Scientists are predicting a larger-than-average dead zone in Chesapeake Bay this summer. Environmental scientists at the University of Maryland are citing heavy rainfall as a large factor in this prediction. Ocean dead zones are linked to the chemical nutrients nitrogen and phosphorus. While the label nutrient may sound positive, excess nitrogen and phosphorus in our waterways causes an increase in algae growth, cloudy water, and clogged fish and cellfish gills. The primary source of this pernicious nutrient pollution are runoff of chemical fertilizers, animal manure, sewage treatment plant discharges, stormwater runoff, and failing septic tanks. The nutrients are carried from the land to our watershed in streams, then to the ocean. Due to increased rain this spring, more nitrogen and phosphorus, primarily from chemical fertilizer application on row crops and waste from industrial animal production factories, are getting into the water, causing more problems for Chesapeake Bay. Dead zones are harmful to fish who need to breathe the oxygen in the water. In addition, wildlife on the seabed are threatened by dead zones, causing large problems for Chesapeake Bay fisheries. The dead zone is predicted to cover 2.1 cubic miles of water, which would be one of the four largest dead zones since records started in 1950. The same problem is found throughout the Mississippi River watershed, which leads to a dead zone in the Gulf of Mexico. USA
4: Today reports that Canada will ban single-use plastics as early as 2021. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau said these specific items to be banned will be determined based on a science-based review. The government is already considering items like water bottles, plastic bags, and straws. Trudeau said his government is drawing inspiration from the European Union's parliament, which voted overwhelmingly in March to impose a wide-ranging ban on single-use plastics to counter pollution from discarded items that end up in waterways and fields. Legislatures of the EU member states must vote on the measure before it takes effect.
1: A partnership between the National Aeronautics and Space Administration and a team of Russian researchers found that Siberia will become more habitable due to climate change. The study looked at a large range of climate projections and found that even in the lowest warming scenario, Siberia could support five times as many people. This means that the winters and summers will be warmer and that the region will be rainier overall. The study also predicts that the area covered in permafrost will shrink considerably, going from 65% today to 40% by 2080. Siberia covers about 5 million square miles, but is sparsely populated. The research team noted that in order to take advantage of the newly available land, governments will need to invest heavily in infrastructure to bring the territory up to standard.
4: According to the Center for Biological Diversity, Earth is experiencing a sixth mass extinction. Harvard biologist E.O. Wilson estimates that 30,000 species per year are being driven to extinction. The vast majority of extinctions are currently due to habitat loss. The natural extinction rate is estimated at eight species per year. Researchers distinguish this mass extinction from early mass extinctions because it's being caused by one species, Homo sapiens. The last mass extinction on planet Earth is thought to have been caused by a sudden catastrophic event, a massive meteor strike that disrupted global climate systems. For WFHB, I'm Don
1: Guerra. And I'm Todd Wicks. Support for Eco Report comes from Blooming Foods Market in Delhi, Bloomington's locally grown co op grocery since nineteen seventy six, offering products with a focus on local, fair trade, natural and organic with support for farmers, producers, agencies, and artisans. Blooming Foods Market and Delhi on East Third Street near College Mall, West Sixth Street near the Courthouse Square, and Shreve Hall on the Ivy Tech Compass. Now it's time for Get Out and Hike.
5: This is Get Out and Hike, and I'm Jan Walker.
6: Hi, I'm Kathy Meyer. I'm the naturalist at Monroe County Parks and Recreation. We have several parks around the county. One of them is Flatwoods Park, which is west of Ellettsville, that is about 200 acres. And I'd like to tell you about one of the trails that is a good one to walk in the winter because it's paved and smooth, and it's only half a mile long. So it's a great place to go out as a family, get a little exercise and fresh air, and uh, it starts right at the picnic area where the shelters are at Flatwoods Park. You'll see signs uh, directing you to the Blue Trail, and there are interpretive signs all along the trail that explain the geology of the area, some of the history, and uh, has a lot of uh, information about water water that flows under the trail at a couple of bridge crossings where mccormick's creek gets its start and uh, the water cycle and transpiration and uh, the glacial geology of the area groundwater so those are some interesting things to read along the way the the trail itself goes through some old fields this had been farmland at one time and also through the woods and past several wetland areas where it's a good place to listen to frogs in the spring or look for birds and tracks of animals and see other kinds of wildlife so the trails open year round it's paved and smooth and is a great place for the kids with the tricycles or to walk the dog and just get out of the house for a little while
5: Sounds like it would be a great place for uh, maybe some scout groups and maybe some
6: even some daycares or first graders and stuff to learn about our area. Sure, it's it's very easy for young children to, to get through and uh, they like to read the signs. There's also a hollow tree that uh, the kids really like to go climb inside and it's a great place to take pictures. There's some uh, geocaches in the area too that uh, people can look for if that's, if that's one of their outdoor pursuits.
5: Is there a website they can go to to get further information?
6: There is there is some information about Flatwoods Park at the Monroe County website, Monroe County Parks and Recreation website. The address for that is mcparksandrec.org. So you can go to the website and find information about shelter rentals and the playgrounds and and other details about the park and we'd love to have you come and visit us.
4: In today's feature report, WFHB correspondent Norm Holy speaks with Andrea Avena Konigsberg, CEO of Green Camino, about their composting program.
2: This is Norm Holy for WFHB, and today I am interviewing Andrea Avena Konigsberger, and she is the CEO of Green Camino. What is Green Camino, and what, what are your activities?
7: Yeah, so Green Camino provides a service. It's a service of uh, collecting organic waste, and uh, we do this at the residential and commercial level. So people can sign up for the service through our website, and and so by doing so, what we do is we give them like what we call a starter kit. We give them a five-gallon bucket and a one-and-a-half gallon blue pail that they can keep inside their kitchen. It's really small. And so people will collect um, their organic waste, which is mainly food scraps, but we take more than food scraps and then put it out in the bucket on the curbside and we collect it once a week or every other week, depending on what service they have subscribed for. And so this is mainly the idea is we take it to our farm where we compost the food scraps and the main goal is to keep as much organic waste out of the landfill
2: now do people put the can out at the curb or is there a central location they can deliver it to
7: we have both models so some people who have the the residential service put the the bucket out at the curbside and we collect um, we start collecting the same day that the, the city of bloomington does the sanitation collection so so depending where you live, your, your collection varies in day. But so, for example, people who live in the area of Bryan Park get uh, their sanitation, like their trash and recycling collected on Mondays. So we also collect their bucket on Mondays. We ask them to just put it on the curbside and we, we drive by and uh, pick it up. We do have another model, which is a little more economical where um, we have drop off points. And so people can subscribe to it uh, for that service and they can go to wherever we have a drop-off point and empty out their bucket there.
2: And what area are you covering?
7: Right now we do anything within the city limits. And we have a few customers who live outside the city limits, but we do we service some areas. Not all, for example. We've had people who have been interested in Ellettsville, and that's a little bit too far for us right now, But we are definitely hoping to grow and eventually be able to service the entire county because really, as you know, outside of city limits, there are no um, sanitation services offered by the county. Every household has to either contract a private hauler, or or take their own things to the nearest recycled center. So, so we do see a big need for this kind of service outside of the city limits, also.
2: Now, are you collecting uh, from hotels and restaurants?
7: Not yet. We're still small and slowly growing, and we're trying to pace ourselves and how we grow. Uh, restaurants generate a lot of organic waste. And we are not totally equipped to handle such big amounts right now. So we're trying to go for the smaller, the individual, the residents, mostly. We do have some commercial clients. We call them commercial clients. These are mostly offices that have kitchens where um, employees can bring their food or something. Sometimes an office will have their own, like, little cafeteria. And so we do have a few customers like that. But uh, they're not like uh, major—they're not major cafeterias where hundreds of people eat and food is being made all the time.
2: When you take it out to the farm, what do they do with it out there?
7: We compost it. So my husband and I own a farm that is registered as a compost facility. So to be able, by law in Indiana, to be able to compost in more than 300 square feet you need to get a registration with IDAM, the Indiana Department of Environmental Management, to be able to compost in big amounts. And the reason this, that you need to have this registration is because composting, there's some issues with composting where you can uh, potentially pollute the water tables. There's a lot of leach that comes out from the compost and it has high concentrations of sometimes um, ammonia and and other compounds and so you have to be careful how you manage this and also specifically when we're composting food waste you just you have to be careful right because food waste i mean it rots and it has bacteria and so you have to make sure that you're composting it appropriately and getting the compost piles really hot and to a point where you kill most of the bacteria that come with rotting food So we take the food to our farm and we, as I said, we're registered as a compost facility and so we compost it. We have these big, a big windrow, we call it a windrow, it's just a very big pile and the food gets mixed with other materials to make the right environment for the bacteria to decompose this and turn it into compost. Do
2: you have any issue with flies or mice?
7: not a lot i mean of course there are some flies that come but the compost pile gets really hot and um animals don't like that heat a lot i mean the compost pile can get up to 150 160 even 170 degrees so it's really hot it's actually i mean right now you can't see that anymore but earlier in the year when it was still cold in the mornings like the pile is just steaming you know it's it's really hot and so a lot of insects don't don't really like the high temperatures. Yeah. We do have, you know, the occasional the raccoon that comes and eats a little bit from it, but generally speaking it, it is not it is it is part of the things that we need to control by being a well-maintained compost facility.
2: How would someone contact you to uh, express interest in in the program?
7: We have a website. The website is greencaminocompost.com, and anyone can email us there. Our email is info at greencaminocompost.com. We have a phone number, and the phone number is 812-269-2280. And, uh, we very often give presentations. We table. We actually go to the farmer's market. We sell our compost at the farmer's market. And so we're there every Saturday and people can come up and, and we're happy to talk to people about our service. And we're also happy to talk to people about composting in their own backyard. You know, we don't see, we, just because we provide a service of collecting organic waste, We never disencourage people to doing their own compost. And in fact, I mean, in an ideal world, everyone would be composting their own waste. Unfortunately, we're not in that world where anyone, everyone has the ability to do this. And that's why we need a service that does this for a lot of people. But um, we also, we often teach free workshops on how to do your backyard composting. In fact, we taught one, I think, two weeks ago at Mother Hubbard's Cupboard, and we taught one like a month ago at Deep Roots, and we're regularly offering workshops. And people can come to the farmers market at the table and just ask us questions about if they're having any issues with their compost, or if they're if they have questions about the service, or yeah, anything. We're we're really eager and happy to talk to people about the work we're doing, and we always want feedback, and we want to know how we can make it more accessible. You know, it's for us. It's important to try to see well how much how much are people able to pay to get the service because we want to make it affordable and accessible and and that comes also with growing right right now we're small and so of course like the prices are a little bit higher but i think that as we expand and get bigger we will be able to drop our prices and have more ideally more drop-off points that's that's another thing that we're really looking forward to getting more drop-off points spread out through the community where, you know, ideally every neighborhood would have its own drop-off point where people from that neighborhood can easily walk or drive and just empty out their little bucket in the drop-off And then twice a week, we come by and we empty out the drop-off point and, and leave clear, clean for people to continue to empty out their, their organic waste in there.
2: I've been speaking with Andrea Avina-Koenigsberger, the CEO of Green Camino here in Bloomington. Thank you very much.
7: Of course, thank you.
1: Are you looking for a way to take action on environmental issues? Eco Report is seeking volunteer reporters to contribute short headline news stories as well as feature interviews. We provide all the technical training you'll need. WFHB also offers internships. Please give us a call at 812-323-1200 or email us at earth at wfhb.org. And now it's time for In Nature.
4: This is In Nature.
3: Early in the morning, one might hear the morning dove, which is also called the turtle dove or the American morning dove or rain dove and formerly was known as the Carolina pigeon or Carolina Turtle Dove. It is one of the most abundant and widespread of all North American birds. It is also the leading game bird with more than 20 million birds, up to 70 million in some years, shot annually in the U.S. both for sport and meat. Its ability to sustain its population under such pressure stems from its prolific breeding in warm areas. One pair may raise up to six broods per year. The wings can make an unusual whistling sound upon takeoff and landing. The bird is a strong flyer capable of speeds up to 55 miles per hour. Morning doves are light gray and brown and generally muted in color. Males and females are similar in appearance. The species is generally monogamous with two squabs, young, per brood. Both parents incubate and care for the young. The morning dove occupies a wide variety of open and semi-open habitats, such as urban areas, farms, prairie, grassland, and lightly wooded areas. The morning dove.
4: There will be a night hike at Brown County State Park on Friday, June 14th from 9 to 9.45 p.m. Meet at the Nature Center for this half-mile, moderate hike. If possible, bring a red light flashlight and wear sturdy, closed-toed
1: shoes. Spring Mill State Park will have a strawberry full moon hike on Saturday, June 16th from 10 to 11 p.m. Meet at the Lakeview Activity Center for a one-hour rugged hike that is approximately one and a half miles long. Watch the moon as you learn about the history of the strawberry full moon. Enjoy a summer solstice hike at Spring Mill State Park on Friday, June 21st from 6 to 7 a.m. Start the longest day of the year with a hike. Meet Tony at the front of the inn for a moderate one-hour hike. Celebrate insects and their relatives at Bug
4: Fest 2019. It will be on Saturday, June 22nd from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. at Hilltop Garden and Nature Center. The Nature Center is located at 2367 East 10th Street in Bloomington. The festival's mission is to educate the public about insect and spider biology. Guest lecturers will share their knowledge on bees, bedbugs, and more.
1: And that wraps up our show for this week. Eco Report is brought to you in part by MPI Solar, a Bloomington business specializing in solar hot water, solar electricity, and solar hot air systems. MPI Solar designs and installs solar power generation systems that encourage independence and individual responsibility. Found locally at 812-334-4003 and on the web at mpisolarenergy.com. This week's headlines were written by Norm Holy,
4: Linda Green, and Wes Martin. Today's feature was produced by Norm Holy. Get Out and Hike was produced by Jan Walker. Norm Holy produced in nature. Juliana Daly compiled our events calendar.
1: Executive producer Wes Martin engineered today's show. Andrew Brown and Kaylin Huffman-Brower edited the script. Tune in on Thursdays at 11.30 a.m.
4: and Fridays at 5 p.m. for our weekly radio rundown of ecological news. You can also access news, feature audio, as well as In Nature and Secret Life of Fungi episodes at any time at WFHB.org. For WFHB, I'm Don
1: Guerra. And I'm Todd Wicks. And this is Eco Report.
2: That the Earth wants you to hear.
0: Send your comments, suggestions, and story ideas
1: directly to the Eco Report staff.
0: The email address is
1: Earth at
4: wfhb.org.
0: That's Earth at wfhb.org. <laughs>